I saw it when I was like eight years old <laughs> or like when or you like, wanted to be Simba. Yeah. Like 10 years old. Exactly. No, I wanted to be like Pumbaa. <laughs> Simba. Okay. Tay. Dream big. Dream big. Yeah. Come on. Dream. That was an eight-year-old who's like, I'm going to be Pumbaa. Don't worry. The Warthog. <laughs> That's my autobiography <laughs> title. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode five of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your goddaughter's school production of Aladdin Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. To find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing a Tony's Rewind. All right, Rachel, how excited and pumped are you to talk about all things Tony Awards? I am so excited, Taylor. Oh my gosh, I love the Tony Awards, so I cannot wait. Um, but let's tell the listeners about what our Tony's Rewind is. Oh my gosh, I love the Tony Awards as well so much. So Theater Nerds Tony's Rewind, that's a big mouthful, say that five times fast, is where we look back at the Tony Awards show and reflect on, uh, say, like, hmm, did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? What are the aspects of the whatever year's Tony Awards we want to look at? And Rachel, why don't you tell the good listeners out there of the Theater Nerd cult here, um, you know, just in case we have some listeners that may not know, what is the Tony Awards? You're right. Some people might not know, and now they will be in the know. So the Tony Awards, yeah, the Tony Awards happens every year, except don't talk about the last two years because that's been confusing how that's <laughs> yeah. worked. Yeah. So we will just pretend they didn't exist. Exactly. And it's like the Super Bowl for theater, except there are many teams competing for a variety of awards. And unlike the Super Bowl, it celebrates all that the, the Broadway community and other even repertory theaters have done. And it acknowledges musicals as well as shows and like I said lifetime achievement awards and um, other regional theater productions. Some brief Tony history the awards were founded by theater producer and director Brock Pemberton and are named after Antoinette or Tony Perry an actress producer and theater director who was co-founder of the American Theater Wing uh, who helped support the Tony Awards. The first Tony Awards was held on April 6 in 19. 19- 47 and they've been going ever since right one thing you should also know is that the tony awards is a reflection of the season that is kind of currently going on or has been going on for a set time within the year 
And as the Tony Awards have developed, there's been a lot of rules and regulations about who could be nominated for a show, for a Tony. And that includes the runtime, the cast, when it was on Broadway, how long it stayed, um, and some other variables that continue to change. So if you're interested in the rules and regulations, we can link that into the show notes. There was some controversy for this past year Ooh. because of COVID on rules and regulations. So exactly. that yeah. is the Tony Awards in a nutshell. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. The Tony Awards have been going on a long time. 1947, that's a long time. So uh, yeah, if you guys want to look that up, we will put that in the show notes below. Um, But today's episode, we are talking about none other than the 1998 Tony Awards. And I picked this Tony Awards because I have (laughs) such a passion about it. And I still to this day, you know, uh, Rachel and I, when I was thinking about this, Rachel and I were two years old uh, when this Tony Awards was around and uh, yeah we were we children we did not have any opinions then but oh boy do we have opinions now (laughs) maybe just me (laughs) we'll get into it so um Rachel how about I give you a little background on what this Tony Awards looked like yeah, please do. So, of course, it was held on June 7th in 1998. It was held at Radio City Music Hall, which is a, a pretty a big staple of the Tony Awards. It's usually held there, of course, in New York City. Um, it was hosted by um, none other than Rosie O'Donnell herself, who, mm-hmm. fun fact, has hosted three other times besides this. One in 1997, no one in, ni- in 1998, and in 2000 as well. Um, so a total of three times. I don't know if she's hosted since these times, but that's just the information I have right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this ceremony is, is kind of a game changer, I would say. I mean, I don't know if you agree, but this the, the reason why I say that is because the musicals that were... Um, put up this year and I do actually want to pause here and preface for the purpose of our recording today we are only going to be talking about the musicals that were put up because mostly because a lot of the plays that are either recognized or not like we don't have a lot of um, information about them and we you know we have just decided to just kind of have a discussion around the musicals um if you guys because we would be here for nine hours yes that's true to talk about it all and as much as i know you guys would love to hear our discussion on plays that we don't know at all that (laughs) that uh uh, maybe we'll you know do that one day if you guys you know support us on patreon but That's right. Yeah. The reason why I say this Tony Awards is kind of a game changer is because it had so many shows, musicals that kind of have lasted a long time and have have the legs of these shows, regardless of whether um, they were new musicals, old musicals, revivals, or if they were um, even just performances that have really lasted the span of time. It was only 24 years ago, but so much has changed since then in the theater Mm -hmm. landscape, but also obviously in the world of, you know, technology and what you know so much has changed so I feel like but these shows have kind of spanned the uh, stand that stood the test of time really yeah I mean I I'm, I'm really interested for us to dive into the shows that are on but I just I wanted to something I didn't say in the beginning about what the Tony Awards does is I don't know when this was adapted but I assume probably when the award started 
the host uh, has a lot of power over how the show flows and the and the jokes I mean this happens with all award shows right but what is signature at least to the Tony Awards is that there is an opening number Mm. sometimes that opening number is even with some of the actors who are not being utilized later uh during the 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 show performances Mm. but the host with whoever is writing their script is the main performer or is the narrator for whatever opening number there's going to be. So if Rosie O'Donnell's opening number was uh, something about the divas, Broadway yeah, divas Broadway and divas. Patti Lapone came out and Jennifer Holiday came out um, and yeah, Betty Buckley. So I'm just saying there was a, there was a lot happening. I'm so um, glad and- you, you talked about this because that was my first question to you is what was the significance of having all three of these women here? Because I tried to find like, okay, was it an anniversary of Evita? Was it an anniversary of like, but why, why, why do you think they had these three for the opening number? Rosie was just ready to be a Broadway diva and she pulled in the Broadway divas she knew, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting because, um, we will hopefully have a a deep dive on other Tony, more recent Tony awards, Mm -hmm. but where the opening number or even a number later performed by a host. So Rosie only really did one song, um, but then made lots of jokes. There are times when hosts will sing more than one song that they make up for this show, or that is a spoof on the songs for some of the best musical. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we have a chance to talk about that later, but Rosie basically her opening number. And then throughout the show, something else that you should know before we go into what, shows were uh nominated is that even still today there are live performances of the shows that are nominated within certain categories um so that you can see kind of you get a taste of who might be uh, performing and at one point which they were doing this time in 1998 um they were doing a little snippet from plays best plays Mm -hmm. um and now that's at least if they do that it's not televised yeah yeah i i in my my thing in my recollection i don't think they do that anymore but i wonder if they'll start doing that because i think i wonder if people because a lot of plays actually in recent maybe the past like five years ten years have been being turned into movies um we look like this past year there was the humans there was the father that came out with anthony hopkins both of those were plays uh, that were and then obviously there was like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Fences all oh, yeah, of that stuff absolutely was so I wonder yeah, if those fences. will um, if they'll start doing that again uh, mm-hmm. before we get into some categories and talk about you know get into our discussion the musicals that were represented at this Tony's Awards were the Scarlet Pimpernel, Sideshow, Cabaret, uh, 1776, the Lion King, um, The Sound of Music, and Ragtime, which is a whole lot of performances to uh, get through. So I want to ask you, so I I will say too, both of us watched this Tony's Awards. Uh, I kind of watched snippets here and there. Rachel actually did sit down and watch most of it, which is, I applaud her so much. I was here for the jokes. I had to see if any of Rosie's jokes landed. Did they, did they, did they, you know, resonate in today? There was one joke that she made and I can't remember it, but it was pretty funny. Maybe I'll find it, but it was like, we'll see if we can put a clip in insert clip here. Yeah. Right. 
boom we found a youtube show uh video of the whole show so we'll put that in the in the link below if you guys want to check it out as well obviously it's from 1998 so it's not like hd or anything but you know it was recorded on a vhs yeah yeah it was it's amazing but what i want to ask you is what in your opinion what was the best performance that you saw out of all those shows or your favorite because it could be different okay yeah Mm. my favorite performance was a tie because I I can't choose okay (laughs) favorite is different than I feel best but my favorite performance was a tie between cabaret and ragtime yeah cabaret is just it's a great show they did the opening number which is probably like the one song everyone who doesn't know cabaret sings but Alan Cumming is just a genius and also I felt it was very I don't know what it was like to live in 1998 as a like adult or a young teenager but but I felt the the like the dancing um and like the sexual innuendos that happened within that uh musical already they did a lot of things I during the the number that I was like CBS did they air this like were they okay yeah did someone have a heart attack in the break room um but I loved it I loved it he did an amazing job and then ragtime because talk about they picked the best ensemble number to sing and you got Mm -hmm. to see so many people I felt like oh my gosh here I am in the midst of of the show um, there wasn't a lot of choreography or anything, um, and we can talk about whether we love the show or not, and who who some of the main act- actresses right. are specifically. Maybe actresses are from that show, um, but it just was. It was a great. I really liked that performance. I was really yeah. moved. But that's yeah. different than my what I felt was the best performance. And neither of those two, you think, are the best performance. No, <laughs> there was a clear winner in my mind. <laughs> Scarlet Pimpernel. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> not hate on Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's a fun show. It's a fun show. I don't know much about it, but I will. Oh, uh, you know, we should say too. We said this in the past. These are shows that not necessarily we have seen the all the entirety of, but we still have opinions, and that's why we do this show. So, I will say, uh, my. Two- now, what were your favorites? My favorites were, and probably I thought the best, well, I will say my best one was Ragtime. I think Ragtime was the sol- most solid one out of all of them. But my, my two favorites, if I had to pick a, 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 you know, both of them, a tie, thank you, that was the word I was looking for, yes. was um, Ragtime and Sideshow. I thought Sideshow was really so powerful. And wow, those two women like standing, and, and of course we know, them today too and the fact like they're just so their voices are so powerful and so incredible together I loved I loved those those were my favorites we'll really have to dig into sideshow because I love the musical so very much yeah I just felt I mean yes it was a great performance but that they didn't do enough they did and maybe this is why you picked the 1998 Tonys I don't really know what it was like before um, but this in my mind, just the performance I felt was the best probably is the reason why things are more razzle dazzle than they have been before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is that turning point because sideshow, uh, is, is great. And we'll just, in a second, we'll talk about the shows 
and like maybe a quick plot summary, but they have a lot of things they could have offered, not necessarily musically, but at least talent wise that they didn't for the performance piece of this. Um, which by the way, you know, the Tony Awards, it doesn't matter what your performance is on the Tony Awards. Like that has nothing to do with anything um, really besides that the masses are watching. Mm -hmm. And for me, the Lion King was so over the top. They have the same, it is almost the exact same opening number, the way that they do it with the same puppetries as it happens now in 2022, as it did in 1998. But that's insane. Um, The, it was it moved, you could hear, number one, it moved the entire audience. And I think that's for three reasons, maybe we'll talk about more, but for one, it's because the costuming and the puppetry is actually insane. Talk about aisles coming, people, an elephant that is not a real elephant, but looks like one, is coming down an aisle. Like, I don't know how, why, how, and they're singing, someone's singing. And then the second is everyone loves Disney. Beauty and the Beast made the way for Disney to be on Broadway. Yeah. And yeah. it then it then everything became Disney. So we can talk about mm-hmm. that. And the third is all of the other shows, the majority of all the other shows, ragtime maybe less so, but even still, are all white people. Mm. And you have the only mo like almost everyone in this cast is black or African American, yeah. as in they came in honor of a heritage, right? Like they are people who have grown up or done theater in Africa and came yeah. to be the first, uh, you know, Broadway company of the Lion King. So I think I'm not saying that people are moved because it's because of that necessarily, but it was very apparent to me when watching that every other show, Ragtime's eh, close, but not really, has mostly white people and is about white people. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And I think that's why, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about Lion King specifically, just the show. It's, it's also interesting because you have a, you've seen Lion King very recently. We've talked about that on the show. And so you also kind of have a, I saw it when I was like eight years old (laughs) or like. When you wanted to be Simba. Yeah. Like 10 years old. Exactly. No, I wanted to be like Pumbaa. Simba. Okay, Tay. Dream big. Dream big. Yeah, come on. Dream was an eight-year-old. He was like, I'm gonna be Puma. Don't Dream worry. For the warthog. That's my autobiography <laughs> title. <laughs> but we're gonna get Great. into some some of these categories here. I think we should really kind of jump in and just do the direction of a musical right away. Because <laughs> there's Great. no there's this, no I feel way. this is the most contention. Yeah, I know. Potentially. Um, so we have starting out here, uh, uh, something we will say, we have revival of a, we have revivals of musicals and then we have music, uh, new musicals kind of put together in some categories and then also not in others, which is something Mm -hmm. I kind of have opinions about as well. But the, the first show we have, of course, direction is cabaret and that's Sam Mendes with Rob Marshall. It says with, so, and if you don't know who those people are, Sam Mendes is a very prolific theater director, but also um, movie director as well. I mean, he's done great movies like American beauty 
and um, Skyfall, the James Bond movie, and also 1917 a couple years ago. So he's a great. And then Rob Marshall, of course, has done Chicago, the movie. And yeah. Mary Poppins Returns. And um, he's going to do the new Little Mermaid live action. So very, very crazy kind of still working today um, directors. And then we have Frank galati i believe for ragtime scott ellis for 1776 and then winning we have julie Taymor for the lion king yes what's interesting about this to me is that we do have we have two of the we have two original musicals and then we have two revivals we have two new musicals and two revivals um like they didn't it's interesting they didn't pick any of the other shows to put in here i don't know why i don't know why yeah Yeah. it's just interesting but i do so in my opinion i actually do think not that they didn't deserve any of the other awards but i think out of everything i think lion king did deserve best direction because of how much julie taymore really it was like her vision it was really her vision to do all of the from what i know about the lion king like it's really her vision to do all of the puppets and the sculpting and the masks and everything and i don't i really don't think without her it would have been it would have been a very different show i think but she uh correct me if i'm wrong taylor she's the person who also did costume design so she's the director and the costume designer Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Which I don't feel that happens very often anymore, yeah. at least. Um, yeah. So I think that's partly it. What's funny that you say this is I love, I I like Julie Taymor. I won't say I love her because I don't know her that much, but right. I like her for, for her direction of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, which is from 2010. So I, I do like her. I am actually very, I was shocked that she won Best Direction. I'm, I'm not shocked when seeing the opening number. Yeah. Um, but I am shocked because I feel like Cabaret should have won. It is a show, it's a revival, but also it could have been so boring. It could be so right. bad. Like I've just been in a space where I've seen a bad, it could just be bad really soon, really fast. It can get bad yeah. uh, without really good direction. I mean, you had a, an amazing cast, which we might talk about, but the direction of that fi- that show I think really makes it to, mm. to in my opinion and I am sure that the direction of the Lion King is important and I'm not trying to belittle that at all but yeah. to me the stakes feel higher in a show that could easily crash and burn like Cabaret than in Lion King where I feel obviously you need good direction but the costume design is already amazing mm. which you obviously would not have without Julie but Right. And the storyline's already great. It already yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, and so in my mind, I was, I actually kind of was shocked, although I love seeing a woman as a director yeah. who wins. So, yeah. I think it's interesting because revivals, sometimes you kind of either have to like change it completely or do it, do the original, but like just do it like a million times better than the original did it, I guess. Yeah. So I wonder if because I don't know how much I don't know Cabaret very well. So I don't know how much they had changed since the as far as like maybe staging or um, 
the set design or stuff like that, how much it had changed since yeah. the since the original, the original 1966 production. production. Yeah, yeah. Or even the I wonder how much was influenced by the movie too. That's yeah. fair. It's a classic I hear what you're movie. Saying. I do hear what you're saying about if you were if you were directing a revival, how hard it is as a director um, to potentially be winning because you do have to rise above the noise of the previous production. Um, I think what else? Well, I think it's something to note too, is that we talked about how Disney had Beauty and the Beast on before and it, it was a big hit for them, but it's kind of, they didn't really make any like leaps with Beauty and the Beast. Like it's Oh, this is the turning point. Yeah, this is the well, Beauty and the Beast was like basically the movie on stage. Right. And but this is like very artistic, very and I think you get all of that from Julie Tamer. And also when we think about a director, like the the director's job is really to like bring everyone together and to make sure everyone's on the same page. And I think I don't know. I kind of think without her, would it have been as successful? Probably not, but. Oh, no. I mean, especially not with her vision for the costume yeah. design. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what makes the show. I mean, yeah. The reason why I felt the performance was the best for the Tonys is because that is, it, it is just so moving. You enter, you literally enter into this world and it's just yeah. so that opening song in general is a moving then you add puppets and people and like just this idea of an ecosystem which is what she's created as a director and as a set designer and I mean as a costume designer right and so yeah I hear that I do yeah for those that don't know the best book of a musical is kind of like the script the words that people say in the show that aren't sung and then the score, of course, is the music and the lyrics in the musical. So um, both of the, no, they're not quite the same, but the best book of a musical, the nominees were um, Nan Kingdom for the Scarlet Pimpernel, Roger Ehlers and Irene Mechie. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The Lion King, Bill Russell for Sideshow and winning was Terrence McNally for Ragtime. And then the nominees for Best Original Score were The Lion King. There's a bunch of names here. Elton John, Tim Rice, Lebo M, Mark Mancini, Mancini Jay Rifkin, Julie Taymor, and Hans Zimmer. Um, the, the Kate Man, which I guess is a play, I'm guessing, written by Paul, um, music by Paul Simon, lyrics by Derek Walcott. Or maybe it is a musical. I'm not sure. It is a musical. Musical play is what it says. Wow. Uh, and then Sideshow, uh, music by Hen- Henry Keeger, Keeger, Krieger, and lyrics by Bill Russell. And then winning was Ragtime, uh, music by Stephen Flaherty, and lyrics by Lynn Ahrens. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Ragtime. <laughs> it's it's like on my top five shows of all time, probably. And it's it's a feat of a musical i mean it is a even that opening number what i love about the performance of the opening number is that it's just these three groups of people moving and it and singing and it's just so powerful it's like even the there's like a shot of them from above and you kind of see them moving yeah and it's so like crazy uh 
even topical today and it's so it's just like so moving and powerful to see like this staging even though it's just like people walking (laughs) so but when we get down to like the book obviously the book is something that I'm loosely aware of because I've seen the show a couple times but the music and the lyrics are just I mean it's it's a show like I will put on and listen all the time and I think the the lyrics and the and the music are so powerful and I think it's a show that truly like changes the way you look at history which I think is incredibly important and I think yeah I think it's very very moving Uh, I mean I think I have I have a few thoughts number one book and best score and lyrics you know the score in the book normally go to the same show but there have been times when that's not been the case there more recently there are more times um and normally it's a pretty good indication of who might be winning best musical exactly also um but we will talk about how that is not the case potentially in a lot of times um as well so it's more like that's kind of the rule but there are a lot of exceptions Um, And which makes sense, right? Because if the book is amazing and the score is amazing, then you'd be like, it's got to be the best musical. Although that's not always true, like I said. Um, But I think with Ragtime, what is interesting, at least about the lyrics and, and the score, is it has that potential to be like a classic. Uh, it To me, not, I know Sound of Music was a revival at this time but it has to me it has that same kind of thing where like later I feel like generations of people are going to listen to this music it's Mm -hmm. big it's big and it feels but it's also beautiful it's not Mm. it's not it's challenging but it's not hard to envision the conversations that are happening in the like you it's not otherworldly right Right. because it's happening even today even though we might use different language the score I mean the book for me I think would have to be adapted if it were to be revived uh in the 21st century like it is now but you know something for me that and I'll probably say this every time we do a Tony's Rewind or something but I have never really got when a musical that wins best score doesn't win best musical like I never, I just don't really get it in my mind. And I'm sure when we get to the best musical category, you know, and we've already kind of danced around it a little bit too, but I think that it doesn't really make sense to me when, and it's happened even in the past 10 years, like it's happened. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm, I just mm-hmm. like, okay, but I, I'm like, doesn't, isn't the music in late, like, it doesn't that make the show, but I guess, I guess not I don't know I think yeah I mean it doesn't it doesn't just make a show right I think I think that's actually a a common misconception people who don't understand shows Mm -hmm. have not that Taylor I know you understand shows but (laughs) I do I do think people are like well if the music is good then it's good but it's like if you put someone who can sing the music well on a stage and don't have sets and don't have and don't have costumes that are good and you don't have a good direction you don't have good lighting uh i mean or orchestrations right which is also different than the score so yeah. that's something we can talk about but um if you don't have all those things the li- music and lyrics better be really good they better be right. really good if you have all of those other factors that don't 
add up. Um, your music and lyrics have to be really good in order for that to be the leg, the only leg of a very long caterpillar um, that your musical can stand up on. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do think in recent, more recent years, potentially, I don't know if Lion King was the reason why this right. has moved forward. I'm sure not, but in more recent years, scenic design, lighting design, sound design, which is not on here, I don't think, <laughs> um, is more weighted, I think. I mean, obviously yeah. they're their own categories, but I, I think it's more weighted when it comes to all of those things do something for a best musical. Mm. Um, that it pushes it above and beyond. I will also say, very controversial, controversial spicy take here, is that there are times when a musical is clearly so good at everything else, it has a great direction, great scenic design, all, I mean, all of that's amazing. Great, even like the actresses are nominated, all of that. And the musical itself, the music and lyrics really are not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for this, for this one, for the best original score, I struggle because I actually love Sideshow. And I don't think it should have, I don't know if it should have won over Ragtime because I do love Ragtime. As I said, I feel it's classic. I feel it's powerful, but I also feel that Sideshow is kind of overlooked in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's me reading it post knowing what Emily and Alice end up doing in their lives. Emily also grew up the main, one of the main actresses who's the one of the conjoined twins in the show she actually grew up where we're from Mm -hmm. um, and came back to do some repertory work when we were in high school there so um and Alice Ripley obviously went on to be amazing and in Next Normal our favorite show so I don't know if it's like me reading it post post this but I feel like it got snubbed and there wasn't a lot of talking about it yeah um yeah it wasn't nominated for a lot of the other categories so it is it to me was like wow this was its time to shine and it didn't happen so yeah I just think when I think it's kind of like it's almost like a wicked comparison a little bit when you have Sideshow has a lot of like individual songs that are great and Wicked has like those individual points, and I'm I'm not saying Wicked should or should not have won the best version before, <laughs> but I am saying like, you know, we talked about Wicked in a couple episodes ago, but Sideshow has a lot of like individual songs that are like really, really, really good. But Ragtime, I think overall as a score is like, just like Chef's Kiss in my opinion. But it also, again, like I think Ragtime has some incredible bangers, like your daddy's son. I mean, maybe not bangers is the right word, but like your daddy's son. It has the opening number, Ragtime. It has, um, he wanted to say in act two, it has, you know, the, the Henry Ford song is also really fun. Like there's a lot of great numbers in Ragtime. And I think the only thing I'm saying, I think with when it comes to when you award something with best score, it's like, so is Ragtime score just like the one of and the book like the only things that it's you know obviously they awarded it some other things but it, to me it's like yeah. saying like is this the only thing it's good at like overall the show is just eh but the score and the music and the book are really good I'm like 
I mean, I feel, I feel like it's different, right? It also won best. I don't know if we're going to talk about this, but it won best orchestrations. It also was not, it wasn't like it wasn't nominated. Right. It was nominated for best lighting design. It was nominated for best scenic design. It was nominated for best costume design. So it, yes, and best do choreography. Do people remember the nominees or do they remember the winners? No, but <laughs> I will say it, it, it was like, you do have a moment of like, it was yeah. nominated those people will t- say they're tom- tony nominated right like yeah. Yeah. um and i think that clearly it stands above for some things and not for others and that's what makes this is also what makes award shows like this so interesting yeah even now um for musicals I don't, I wouldn't say that's the only thing you're good at, but that's what stands out. Like if we were, and and I actually think what a good time to be the best book of a musical and the best score and be like, well, we can do like, that means we're a classic, right? Like, does it, right? Does it mean that? I don't know, but it feels that way. We're going to move into some performances now. Like, like we've said, like, we haven't seen these specific performances, but we get kind of the vibes of them, of course. We're going to start with best performance by a featured actress in a musical, which I think is one that really is kind of the most exciting out of all of them. I don't know how you feel, um, but we have Mary Louise Wilson for Cabaret playing Fraulein Schneider. We have, I don't know how to say this specifically, but I think it's Sidi Liloka. Sure. The Lion King as Rafiki, Anna Kendrick, which is very, very cool and exciting to see her uh, as Dina Lord in High Society. And then, of course, winning Audra McDonald, the Queen, as Sarah in Ragtime. Uh, and I think it goes I, without saying that I, I don't know. I think that's one of the best performances. I've seen clips of her, you know, oh, yeah. her stuff, and it's just amazing. Will not be fighting about Audra McDonald not winning a Tony ever. Yeah. I think, yeah, she. I think what's what is interesting. Um, not to continue to belabor this point. What's interesting is that for like featured actor and featured actress in a musical, your show doesn't have to be nominated yeah. for you to be nominated. Yeah, as yeah. we'll see. Um, and I, I, I actually really like that because I do think there are people who. <laughs> Like, I don't know about the show, but they are amazing and they yeah. did a great job and yeah. they deserve that Tony Award. Yeah. Whether that or not happens their show in, in film all qualifies. the time, all the yeah. time at the Oscars, yeah. like the performance. But it feels, it feels weird as a musical, yeah. I think, or yeah. as a sh- stage play. Yeah. Um, well, it's much but yeah, no, Audrey McDonald in a way. Amazing. It's much more of a mm-hmm. collaborative art form. So Absolutely. Think, because think, you're, you're doing it live. Yeah. You have to trust other people. But Audra, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's um, all I have to say about that. Best performance by a featured actor in a musical. I don't know too much about this, but you may be able to. We have Samuel E. Wright in uh, The Lion King, nominated as Mufasa. We have John McCart- uh, McMartin for, in High Society as Uncle Willie. We have Greg Edelman in 1776 as Edward Rutledge, which is interesting. That's the only performance nomination from that show, which I found, I found fascinating. And then we have winning, we have Ron Rifkin um, as Air Schultz in Cabaret. I don't know Cabaret that well. I don't know if you know that role or what that entails, but. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I feel I know enough about the role mm-hmm. in Cabaret itself. I obviously did not see Ron Rifkin play Eric <laughs> Schultz. <laughs> I, um, although I would say I've seen Ron Rifkin some other things, specifically mm-hmm. his TV performance in Brothers and Sisters, and maybe he deserved this. Um, I, I was shocked um, that there was so few. I mean, there are four, I guess. Why am I shocked that there are only four nominees for this? Like maybe yeah, because I feel like in past years, notwithstanding this past Tony Award where it was only, it was only Aaron today. But, um, right. you know, normally it's pretty, it's a pretty packed, pretty tight. It's normally five. Maybe they extended it. Or maybe this year there just wasn't enough enough I don't know because there's four and four here but I would say actually when I looked when I looked up some of the performances um not that I should have but when I looked it up on YouTube Greg Alderman what looked I mean what he did on stage I felt was great but I I also want to say you know one thing I'm sure other award shows nominees do is they're like wow it's so nice to be nominated with these other people Mm -hmm. I don't know how much they mean that but like here, when they say it, they mean it. And yeah. that's because at some point you're going to be in a show with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. also because when one performance is good, then all, the entire industry gets better. Yeah. And I feel, I, I feel that on a, on a deep level in a way with theater that I don't necessarily feel with film or TV. Yeah. I think, again, because it's not as, like, you're kind of off doing your own little thing, and then you're not, like, together performing this whole thing. A fun fact that I uh, know about Samuel E. Wright um, playing Mufasa in The Lion King, he was the original voice of Sebastian in The Little Mermaid. He was. Yeah, You're right. And um, that's, you know, so cool to keep it in the Disney family there. Yeah, I love it. Um, we're going to move on to best performance by a leading actress in a musical. Oh we boy, have, here we go. Oh, this is a fun one. Double nominees, Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner in Sideshow as Violet and Daisy Hilton. We have Marion Maisie as Mother in Ragtime. We have Betty Buckley uh, as um, Hensian in Tri- uh, Triumph of Love. And then winning, we have Natasha Richardson as Sally Bowles in Cabaret. What, what are your thoughts and feelings, Taylor? <laughs> we both were like, what are your <laughs> well, here, here are my thoughts about, and I'm, I'm coming back to the whole revival versus performance, is they split the revival, best revival of a musical or play in their own categories, but then they pair them together when they have the performances. My opinion is that they should have best performance by a leading actor or actress in a revival of a musical and then the best performance by a leading actress in a musical. I think they should split up the performances because how can you compare someone's performance in a, in a revival versus someone in a new musical? I don't know what your opinion is, but that's just what I think. I, you know, I, I think about that sometimes, but you know what I want is for people who have never for I, I I don't know this is gonna sound bad I I want to separate like the celebrities versus the people who are Broadway only <laughs> not yeah, to be mean bad. to someone who's died tragically in a skiing accident like right. Natasha Richardson but I just was like I just I mean were you that good as cabaret mm-hmm. as Sally Bowles and mm-hmm. cabaret I don't know right. this is also at the height of 
this would have been, I believe, either right before, right after Parent Trap. It was yeah. the same year. Yep, same year. So, I mean, right. she's she is also married to Liam Neeson. I don't know. It just felt. Yeah. I just I can't say bad things because I don't know if she was actually bad at this also yeah. Sally is such a like timid character like who then comes into herself I mean it's just a lot happening why wasn't Alice and Emily why weren't they why didn't they win yeah this is this is the one where I really feel like I mean even Betty Buckley but Betty Buckley you know with oh, I don't know so uh, I mean, listen, even Mary Maisie, I don't know. I That's just my opinion, too. I love the role of mother. I think it's like, the, I mean, yeah. the big, you know, end of the show number of her singing back to before is so good. Yeah. But no, I actually agree with you. I think it's a tough thing when you have, uh, yeah, a, a, someone that's pretty well known. And also when you have it up against, you know, not to kind of show our cards, but the best performance by a leading actor in a musical, you know, did she maybe win because of another win too? Like they were just like, oh, maybe they're a good pairing together. I think that that's hard too, right? So that's, yeah. uh, man, I I really don't, I'm, I probably am like of a, of a personal mentality where I'm like, can we just share the love Yeah. when it comes to actors and actresses in yeah. the musicals and the plays because I feel that it doesn't have to matter about the show. How did you do as a character within the limits of your show? And I feel it's hard, right? When you're basing this um, as a performance, you're still thinking about the show. You're still thinking about the direction. You can't fully take that away. And I totally get it. Yeah. But Cabaret, this Cabaret specifically, this direction was so amazing that eventually Alan Cumming came back to revive Cabaret. Like yeah. people knew about this and Alan also, I'm pretty sure because of this was poached for the Spy Kids role as Mr. Floop. So yeah. Well, I was about to say like here. the only thing I really know Alan coming from is Spy Kids. So <laughs> <laughs> so he, but he's amazing. So I just, I, I don't know. I feel we can transition now to the leading actor because I just spoiled it, but I feel he deserves to win yeah. the leading actor potentially. Although Brian Stokes Mitchell probably should have won her ragtime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, let's. <laughs> so we have Douglas Sill, Sills and Scarlett Pimpernel um, playing um, Percy Blankney, Brian Stokes Mitchell as Colehouse Walker Jr. in ragtime. We have Peter Friedman as Tate in ragtime, which is also another great performance and winning, of course, Alan Cumming uh, as the Master of Ceremonies in Cabaret. This is a harder category. This to me feels like a very competitive category. Yeah. The other category felt less competitive to me. Mm -hmm. Although, I mean, I feel like Marion Maisie, I don't know, Marion Maisie and Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner are maybe on the same tier. Betty Buckley just, I don't know what she did in Triumph of right. Love, but I just, she may even she's go, amazing. She but she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's, and I mean, you know, we get to that point eventually. Yeah. I feel like where someone wins has won three Tonys already and they win a fourth Tony and you're kind of like, right. that's great. But also, you know, and maybe they did amazing. I'm not trying to be mean. I yeah. feel like I'm being mean. No, I could not win a Tony. So I just will start there. <laughs> but this, this category for best performance by a leading actor in a musical um, feels very competitive mm -hmm. yeah. um, where I feel even though I don't love the Scarlet Pimpernel as a musical, <laughs> yeah. still feel like any of these actors could and should have won. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's uh, like you were saying earlier with like, 
putting two performances it's it's interesting that like audra mcdonald won for sarah but then like brian Stokes mitchell didn't win as cole house because they're kind of like you can't have one without the other you can't uh they're they're really in sync uh yeah and i think what brian such mitchell did even today like he does so much you know he's such a great person in the community not that that has to gain you the win but he's just you know it's it's cool to see even today like his legacy and everything and how much he's still working too it's that's awesome so yeah yeah. so and i i maybe we'll transition to the biggest two categories Mm -hmm. next um so best revival of a musical um the three nominees which also were performances at the at the award show was the sound of music 1776 and cabaret with Mm -hmm. cabaret taking home the win um and that to me feels it feels like they won a lot if we just we because we just went from featured actor and actress leading actress and leading actor um but i will say they only took home for Tony Awards, which yeah. is still a lot. I do want yeah. to say that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it did not sweep. It did sweep top, top nom, like in my mind, uh, the cream of the crop, the person who won March Madness is someone who wins best musical or best revival. Right. right. Um, but, you know, I did not see 1776. <laughs> I'm not that partial to the stage production of The Sound of Music. Right. So that's my own bias on, on that. How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, I will about say Cabaret nominated for 10 Tony Awards, winning four. Ragtime nominated for 13 Tony Awards um, and only winning four. four. Uh, and then yeah. The Lion King um, winning, of course, six uh, Tony Awards. Out of 11. Out of of only 11. Yeah. Yeah. And Cabaret was nominated for 10. So what is interesting sometimes, as you will come to find as we do more of these Tony Rewinds, and as you watch the Tony Awards this coming out year, you'll know that the amount of nominations does not necessarily mean that you're going to walk away with the most wins. Um, It does mean you obviously have a higher chance. Yeah. Um, You can't be can't be taken home the 13 wins if you weren't nominated for 13 that's true but uh it doesn't always work out that way yeah out of the so the only reference i have for this really is the the two other performances i saw sound of music i feel like sound of music was just there just to be like oh it was a revival this year <laughs> like well oh, Rebecca Luker was in it right Rebecca so Luker's that feels great. like yeah. the reason why we were paying right, it attention right. and then we have <laughs> 1776 maybe it was uh you know there were some great performances in there I don't I, good I songs yeah yeah they're yeah it, it's good what I actually was thinking that I think I was trying to say earlier and forgot was the comparison between 1776 the Scarlet Pimpernel and Ragtime is actually crazy. Like when you think about the narrative of men, mostly men uh, in 1776, white men, then they're dressed up in as if they are in the Constitutional Congress or in the Constitutional Convention, which is fine. I mean, the show is good. It is what it is. It's talking about history. I'm not, it's not like a horrible show, but you have that. And then you have the comparison of ragtime, which is trying to integrate and interweave three different stories of people groups who have 
ideas about the other people groups who are also taking up the same space for the first time in the tw- like the beginning of the 20th century yeah. like that's a lot that is a very different expression of a narrative of america mm. and i find i really find that compelling i think i think that's uh, you know one of the things that spurs some some other people to think more about narratives and storytelling and why we even later on we'll see more uh, revival of musicals that were kind of pushed aside because they were the marginalized people's uh, narrative right. uh, through a musical lens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was going to say, I think Cabaret out of the performances I saw were, was the strongest out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So from that reference, I do think it did deserve um, that best revival. revival. So we've come okay. to the, the final award of the night and i don't think it's really a a shock to everyone um Mm -hmm. what's gonna win but of course we have four shows sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but this year we have the scarlet pimpernel um nominated we have sideshow nominated ragtime nominated and then winning we have the lion king winning and i i will say you know i don't know much about scarlet pimpernel but even from the performance we saw it was it was strong uh, Frank Wildhorn doing the music. He's a great music and lyric writer. We'll go on to write, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and Jekyll and, Jekyll and Hyde and all those things. Um, and, and those are great shows. But uh, wow. it's a strong, like these four musicals are strong bunch of musicals, I will say. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I, th- I, I think it is interesting to think about Best Musical um, as an overall um, there's no, uh, here's a category. This would be fun to do one day. Here's a category I wish was a part of the Tony Awards. And it was, it's best ensemble because gosh knows that there are some shows that would not be any good without their ensemble being amazing. And that does have to do with the direction and it does have to do with the lyrics and it does have to do with orchestrations. But like, if an ensemble is strong, a show can be very strong. Mm. So I think ragtime and Lion King would have been very competitive for best yeah, yeah. <laughs> ensemble. So here's uh, my thing with this award is that the significance of the Lion King is not lost on me because I, I, I totally understand. I think it's, it's incredible what the art form did for, for performers, African-American performers. It really yeah. allowed them to have a space to be able to perform and get opportunities that would not have probably happened without this type of direction and production of the Lion King. Um, I get that. Uh, I totally get, but I think also in a way, even though Ragtime is telling the story of a, a, a you know, an, a, a story of our past, I think it, that it also shows in a way uh, how different performers of uh, different ethnicities or different cultures can come together and, perform together as well so I think even ragtime does that but the thing I, I I think I get all of what Lion King is trying to do and to say but I just think overall like ragtime is just like a stronger show and maybe that's like my opinion I mean it is my opinion but yeah I think Lion King and, and granted I have not seen Lion King since I was like 10 or 8 or whatever so I don't like but I think it's I think it's the 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 
you know, it's, it's what people know. People knew the Lion King and I think it was a familiar story. And I wonder if that plus all of the kind of new direction and new um, costume design of it kind of, it was kind of like a, a slam dunk. Like I think people were underestimating it at first and then, oh, it, yeah. and then it became so much better than people thought. Um, but like you, we'll, we'll be do we'll do these Tony, re, Tony rewinds. And I think it'll, you'll see like a really strong, solid show kind of put next to a show that is also very good, but also like, you know, commercial or it's like, maybe even politicized in a certain way or something like that. And that's why I don't, I'm not saying Lion King is like that, but I think in, in, there are definitely some years that politics comes into voting on certain things. And I think it's just, it's, I don't know. I think ragtime deserves some love. Not that it didn't, but. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that the side, I feel similar about Sideshow that closed after yeah. 91 performances and then yeah. opened for a revival with only 56 performances. Like I, I yeah. understand. I do think that the alternative reading here is that this is a business, yeah. right? And like who, I think I said this for the Wicked podcast one, but who, who's going to come in from all over like people are coming in from all over the world number one as consumers to new york city what show are they going to pay 50 to 100 dollars a night to go see it's something that they know right and i i do think there is this beautiful representation that happens with the lion king which is not new i mean well it was animated so it is kind of new uh in the stage production right which is people, young black people performers can see themselves as someone outside of being three distinct roles that they had before in musicals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I know that that is happening kind of in ragtime, but I really just the, the majestic nature, and that's how I feel about it, of The Lion King is, I, I feel very incredible. Um, and I, it clearly stood the test of time. It stayed on Broadway for a very long time. Yeah. The high grossing... Yeah crazy amount of tours um and i i don't know if that should play into best musical but it has to some of that has to because part of at the end of the day an overall musical or an overall play is the like the ground it stands on Mm. um and i i don't think that unlike other award shows i don't think that the tony award going to the lion king really diminishes any of the other shows right but outside of outside of uh rhetoric because i mean people who know what sideshow is is like a very niche market yeah Yeah. obviously more people know ragtime so it didn't need to win best musical right (laughs) but you know what i mean (laughs) like it's really giving it some some name there um yeah Yeah. it's definitely like more commercial like lion king is definitely more commercial and it's more it but, is you know, now but i mean when yeah. can you i mean just throw back to 1998 like but also i just to think like it, it was it was based on like a huge hit film too so even well of course but i i i mean i don't know i'm gonna have different opinions about this when we think about some of the closer tony awards this is why i'm not trying not to trip myself up because yeah there are certain tony award nominees nominees who take home best musical that I feel are overshadowing other other performances 
right. um, and other things just because they have clout. But I understand that's part of the business, yeah. right? Like, and all the other things like ragtime winning best book and best score showcase something yeah. about, yeah. about it's, it, it being, it being powerful. Mm. Um, and you know what? The people who know who won all the best musicals is like, <laughs> I don't even know. I couldn't even name who has won all the best <laughs> musical Tony Award nomination. Like, no, I we'll couldn't. Do a, we'll do a trivia on the next episode. Like 70 some years of that? I couldn't. I, I don't know. So I, I, I think it is hard, though. I, I do wonder, as we think about the theater business changing a lot over the next few years when yeah. we integrate all the technology that we've had in pro shots and other things, TikTok, right? How, <laughs> how it might change how we read for best musical. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, like you said, like it doesn't diminish the other shows. It's yeah. It's, it also is uh, ultimately a celebration of like what's all on what, what is all on Broadway at the time. And, and I think these, sh- you know, like Scarlet Pimpernel has gone on, like people have performed that and sideshow people have performed that. And obviously people have performed drag time. So I think it's, it's like it, it, the great thing about the theater art form is that it lives on through like licensing and stuff like that too. So. And who's not to say that we're not going to revive Ragtime. Well, it has been revived 2009. But, but again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know it was. <laughs> yes, it was revived 10 years after. I know. Wow, what a time. Well, I think that concludes our crazy discussion on the 1998 52nd Tony Awards. Tony's Rewind. All right, Rachel, let's do our character of the week. Amazing. Let's do it. So this is a segment where Taylor and I will pick a theater character that we are feeling um, the vibes for or feeling like for the week. Vibes. We are, we (laughs) we would also love to hear your character. So comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week and you may get a shout out on an episode. Uh, so Rachel, how about I tell you what my character of the week is for? That's great. That sounds great. I always go first and then I feel bad. <laughs> no, Yay, you go first. Um, so my character of the week is someone from a show that actually has already been used already. Thank you very much, Rachel Jones. Um, you know, they are just incredible and a wonderful friend to all. And very lazy and uh, loungy. And that's how I've been feeling this week. Um, it's from your good man, Charlie Brown. And it's Snoopy. Hey, hey. Snoopy's supper Snoopy is low-key a great. Yeah, it's supper time. A yeah. great, great pick. I love I am that. feeling uh-huh. like Snoopy because this week has been kind of just like, I don't know, loungy. And we've gotten some snow here. And so we've been stuck inside. I made, you know, I made dinner one night. I made waffles, sweet potato fries, and um, what was the other? A salad, maybe? It was like the weirdest meal I've ever had. Oh, and eggs. That was the other thing. (laughs) It was so weird. And, you know, Snoopy loves all those things. So I kind of feel like a lazy, just lounge around dog 
And also, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends in the past week. Uh, you know, Snoopy's very loyal to his friends. So he is loyal. Yeah. Oh, I love that, Taylor. Yeah. I like that your character is kind of lazy because that follows my train of thought, Woo! sort of. So my character this week is one of many children. I don't know how she does it. And the reason that she probably doesn't do it that well is she she needs to go to bed. She gets tired and she's ready to go to bed. And I am frequently this past week ready to go to bed. I just want to sing my goodbye Mm -hmm. and say goodnight. So I am Gretel Von Trapp from (laughs) The Sound of Music. (laughs) Iconic, iconic. Oh my gosh, so good. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Sleepy. Sleepy. Uh, Shout out from the Tony's Rewind too. We we had a little sound of music sound of music there um so if you guys would like to join us in our discussion on the 1998 tony awards uh or also send us your characters check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can find us on instagram and twitter at theaternerdpod and on facebook at theaternerdpodcast thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week